Colorado Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Thank you for listening to Behind the Springs. I'm Jen Schrader. It's my pleasure to welcome the new chief of the Colorado Springs Fire Department, Randy Royal, to this episode. Thanks for watching on Facebook or listening um, on your favorite podcast platform. And Chief Royal, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks. It's an honor to be here, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I know I know that you are busy right out of the shoot. It's been crazy and busy for you, so we appreciate you sitting down with us. And I definitely want to hear what your plans are for the Colorado Springs Fire Department, but I wondered if maybe we could start just with a little introduction, you know, for folks who um, haven't met you before and want to know a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh, So I've been with the Colorado Springs Fire Department for 34 years. I came on in 1987 and uh, grew up, Monument was home. My My dad was Air Force and moved around until he retired and did the three-year move and then he retired to Monument and that's where I grew up with in you know junior high high school and college years and then um, actually started doing emergency response on the side when I was in college and when I graduated I went into full-time working for a private ambulance and was a paramedic for about eight years before I came on the job so I've been doing emergency response for about 42 years so a little bit of experience (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so you started really um you've kind of gone through the ranks as mm. chief Colas had before you. Right. Um, so w- what kind of advantage do you think that gives you? I mean, um, it's nice to, to know the people you're leading for sure. Sure. It, yeah, it is. So I, yeah, I've been through lots of different parts of the department, you know, through my career and, and, uh, obviously a lot of what we do is on the medical side. And I was a paramedic for about 28 years and, and, um, just getting to know the people is really important. And, um, you know, I can, I can talk about all of our programs. I can talk about what we do on a daily basis. But the best part is I know our people, and uh, we got really good people. And that's, that really makes a difference in, in us serving the community. Yeah, and you've got just, yeah, a great team that's really persevered, as particularly through this challenging time. Mm-hmm. What do you think about coming on in the midst of this pandemic? I mean, I, you were deputy chief prior to this, correct? Right, so, I was the deputy chief of operations. So okay. over everything that happens out on the streets. And, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit, we jumped on it really quick and, and, uh, especially uh, kudos to the medical division, which Jamie McConnellog was running, uh, at the time, uh, we all, uh, we put together a pandemic task force and, uh, that focused on different areas of the, the department and of our response to the community and hit it hard. And we're able to, to get the supplies we needed. We were able to change response procedures that we did to keep people safe. And, uh, and thankfully we haven't you know, lost anybody and, and only had a couple people that got pretty ill with it, uh, over the, over the time we've had a lot of positives here in, in the recent surge, but everybody's been doing well. That's really good news. Yeah. And you feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel as most people do. Uh, but that's really important in public safety, right? We're heavily involved in the vaccinations now uh, helping with, uh, El Paso County Public Health and doing some internal things. And we're also doing a thing called house call. I don't know if Chief Cole has talked about that, but no. where we go to uh, people that are homebound that can't get out of their houses. And we've done about 40 of those. So where our people go out to their house and give them the vaccine at their house. Because it's too difficult for them to right. make it to a clinic. Okay, right. that's important as well. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's great. So speaking of Jamie McConnellog, for folks who don't know her, she is has been named the new deputy chief, right? right. Your assistant. And um, the first female deputy chief in department history, I'm told, which right. is perfect timing for Women's History Month, I must say. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we laughed about the timing being the Monday was International Women's yes, Day. Yes, that was perfect when yeah. she was sworn in. Right. Right. And uh, we planned that, you know. So. Yeah, excellent job. Excellent job. <laughs> but uh, but, but we, that's really significant. Yeah, I mean, is. I would assume, you know, you see that significance as, as she does. It is. It, it's, um, I, I, I tell people that that's, that was my first decision as a chief elect, you know. And, yes. And uh, I think it's, it's a really good decision. She's uh, a very... Um, dedicated and hard worker uh, has proven herself in our department. Uh, I actually had her when she was a brand new firefighter. I was a captain and we we're at station 11. So I had her for one of her rotations. And okay. at that time she was a single mom with three kids and, you know, changing life and career and all that. And, and, uh, worked really hard. And I remember telling her before she left that station to go to her next one, that, uh, if she kept up with her hard work ethic and her positive attitude and can do attitude, I said, she's going to go far in this department. So so you called it. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. And ended up with her by your side. And, mm -hmm. and for folks who don't know, can you kind of talk a little bit about, you know, deputy chief responsibilities also, but what your, what your main role is as fire chief? So I would say the main role is to make sure and ensure that us as a department, that we are providing the services, whether they're medical, fire, uh, hazmat rescue any any services to protect the safety of our community and the citizens and the visitors that come into our community that's our highest priority so i need to make sure that we're on point on all those areas that we're providing uh great customer service to to our community whether it's you know on the response side or on the prevention side because we do a lot of prevention efforts as well and, you have a uh, lot of programs devoted right, to that do. and uh, so i i'd say that's probably the top thing the second is is representing the fire department being the liaison between the department, the other city agencies, the mayor's office, of course, and city council and, and uh, city government to make sure that we're, you know, we're together on uh, where we're going and, you know, meeting the goals that are set forth as a city, but also as a department. That's very important too. So what are some of your goals as you come in, um, you know, and look ahead to the future? What do you have your sights set on? There's, there's a few different things, uh, and, and some of these are continued things, you know, things that we have been working on but uh, are still important. Uh, one of them, I would say, is uh, the growth of our community, right? We're, we're, we're growing, which is great, through the, through the COVID you know, pandemic. Uh, it hasn't of, slowed us down much, no. It has not, and a lot of communities have been really hurt by it, but we continue to thrive, which is really impressive. Uh, but with that thriving is is continued growth a lot of infill as you've seen downtown new buildings going up apartments on the east side banning lewis all that uh, and that impacts us we have to we have to look forward to um how that development is going to impact our response mm -hmm. and you know at some point is adding you know new stations and making sure that we're meeting those needs um so and that that takes two to three years to, to get a station even from concept to to actually being built, you know, so we, we have to be forward thinking on that. Part of that ties into another high priority and that's tiered response. And tiered response is looking at how we respond. And we already done, have done some things in this realm, but we want to go further. And that is um, not every, and I'm spe speaking specifically about medicals, not every medical needs our heavy apparatus with four people on it and our paramedic and all that and all the, the high skills. Uh, there's what we call low acuity, which are alpha and bravo calls. There could be a sprained ankle, could be somebody with a fever, could be, you know, uh, things that... Are, don't need the full response. They don't yeah. need the full response. Okay. Over the years, 911, 911 is a great thing, 
over the years, though, it's morphed into kind of some people's first access to any kind of medical, which is understandable, too. I mean, if some people don't have the capacity to get what they, they need, they, at least they have a place to go to help. But that call comes into 911 now. Um, we send the heavy apparatus with four people. We're going to be changing that to send. We, we're going to uh, our goal is to establish uh, what we call CMED units. And these will be two-person units in small vehicles that can still provide medical care, but they'll go to the low acuity calls, which don't need a rapid response, can take some time to get to. We can still care for the people. But the other benefit of that is a lot of those people don't need to go to the hospital. And in the past, they were always taken to the hospital by ambulance. So you tie up an ambulance, you tie up an ER bed. And we can. Divert. And they're not getting the care they need, no, right? They're right. not, and right. Um, we can divert that and get them to, you know, whether it's calling their provide, private physician or taking them to an alter, alternate care facility, we can redirect that. That's going to help our ERs out, help our transport services out, and then help us out. Now, our heavy apparatus with our firefighters and paramedics on it will still be available and be more available because they're not running on these low acuity calls for critical emergencies, the cardiac arrests, the shootings, the traffic accidents, the fires and hazmat calls, they'll be more available for those things. So and be able to, to better the response times, right. I assume. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So mm. it's really an overall. So what's the, what's the timeline for that? What is the we, so we, overall we are, look? We are working hard and heavy on this uh, up to the pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic kind of put everything in, right. in neutral. Um, but we're going to continue. And, and part of it's funding. We have to come up with funding to, to put these units on. We'd like to start with about four to six of these units. And that's one of our goals this year is to work on that, see where we can get the funding to, to make it happen. Now, we do, through our community and public health, which is part of our medical division, we do already have units out there that are called critical response teams that are focused on social and mental health issues. Again, people that used to go to the hospital and they're having a great success of taking those people and getting to the right uh, resource that they need. Yeah, wonderful program. We were lucky enough to have the folks from CRT mm -hmm. on one of our podcasts. So if you are um, a regular listener, maybe you've heard that or go back through our episodes. And the episode on CRT is really interesting. Um, and they're doing some great work. Um, talk to me a little bit about just, if you don't mind giving some basic facts for folks who aren't familiar, you mentioned, you know, um, adding new fire stations eventually as our city grows, how many fire stations do we have now? Um, about how many firefighters, you know, what's your team look so, like? So on a daily basis, well, total, we have 467 firefighters. Okay. And then we have another about 70 civilian staff. And, uh, thanks to the mayor for well, the last few years and the mayor and city council, uh, adding 32 firefighters over the last four years uh, to our staff, which we dearly needed. Um, so on a daily basis, we have 128 that okay. are at the stations. We have 23 stations. Now, one of those stations for Engine 23, uh, presently Engine 23 is actually running out of our headquarters. Okay, and I was like, is there a Station 23? Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a temporary facility. Okay. And on the, the grounds of our headquarters, hopefully very soon here in the next couple of months, we're hoping to break ground on a new fire station 23. So we've been going through the process, again, slowed down by COVID because uh, we had hoped to have had already broken ground. But uh, we're planning to do that hopefully by the end of the year, first of next year, to have that station open and, and ready to go uh, for engine 23. Okay. And headquarters are somewhat near Memorial Park, just right. for people who don't know. Mm -hmm. So 22 is the newest station right now, and then 23 will be added right. soon. Okay, I see. 
Um, okay, well, I think that gives people a good idea for what's coming up. And I know that you're um, really excited and busy um, with the new job. But any last words, anything, anything favorite that you have so far about the job or, um, or, or the thing that you're most looking forward to, perhaps? Um, well, the thing I'm most looking forward to is working with really good people, you yeah. know, and that's both in the department and across the city. the city. We have, you know, just great representatives across the city that are doing awesome things. And so I get the opportunity to, to work with them more and collaborate more. And, and that's a big part of what we need to do. Um, I will throw out one of the, the things that I want to throw out there is, uh, the wildland threat. Yes. And part of that is right now, even with this big snow, we just had, the uh, forecast is not looking good for spring and summer. So I just want to throw out to the, everybody that's listening is it's still, we're in a drought. We're in a really bad situation. That's one of the high things on our radar is to protect people from wildfire and they can help us out by being fire safe and mitigating when they can. Yeah, I've, that's great advice. And I, I feel like we do let our guard down a little after, after we mm-hmm. see the snow, we think, ah, oh, everything's fine now, right. but not the case. Right. Uh, and you're able to project that a little bit, right? Oh, and know yes. yeah, in we, advance. We work closely with the, the National Weather Service and meet, meet with them on a weekly basis so that we can stay on top of what the conditions are looking like. And very thankful to have the snow and the moisture, but we're way, way out from getting out of the drought. So, so now is the perfect time to look around your yard and start mm-hmm. mitigating, right? Mm-hmm. Springtime, yep. spring cleaning. Right. And if yeah. anybody has any questions, they can reach out to us. And, and we have a division that's totally uh, focused on wildland mitigation and they can help uh, people get through that process. Yeah, they're awesome. Great team if you need any tips. Um, and coloradosprings.gov slash fire is a great place to start to find tips and um, tricks and just find out more about our department. Um, you know, find out where your nearest fire station is or whatever information you'd like about the department. But I really appreciate your time. Thanks. And I appreciate being here. So. excited to have you and yeah. to continue this great career you've already started. And do you have a favorite thing about the city or Colorado Springs, especially uh, growing up in this area? Yeah. I just, I mean, I love Pikes Peak, you know, yeah, every Pikes morning Peak. when I'm driving to work, I get a different it, it's amazing how many different types of Pikes Peaks you can see, you mm-hmm. know, depending on the clouds. And Even the in one day. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're lucky to have that sitting right there and be part of our city. So, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's an exciting time. Yep. Definitely for our city. Well, thank you, Chief. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Behind the Springs. And um, again, it's coloradosprings.gov slash fire. Of course, you can also um, follow our fire department on social media, whichever one is your favorite platform, um, and follow the city of COS as well. Some great information and tips and updates there. So thanks for listening and have a great day.